This is not our usual WWDC episode. Not in person this time. Well, I mean, we don't always record in person at WWDC. We only didn't record in person once, and then I think we recorded in person three times after that in the same room. But the tables may turn from here on out, Mike. Yeah. We we may eventually have more non-in-person WWDC episodes than in-person WWDC episodes, depending on how this goes. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, like, there is a possibility that maybe in a year's time, I just come over and we watch the keynote together and we record straight after. That'd be fun, right? That doesn't sound like fun to me, actually. Wait, wait no, wait. Did you just did you just invite yourself over? That's not, that's not what I imagined. Yeah. No, 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 no. Backing up, backing just pop up, around. backing up. I'll bring the popcorn. It'd be nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But no, we're not recording yeah. in person this time. But I assume that since WWDC is an entirely online remote experience this year it's probably been a much easier week for you than normal right you just get to chill out at home no check in every once in a while see what's up this wwdc week almost certainly this is your easy week right with cortex as well it's the easy week i don't think i could have foreseen that a conference which i'm not attending could make me more tired than a conference that i'm actually attending that's exhausting because attending conferences is the most exhausting thing in working life. Yeah. So please explain how is not attending WWDC more exhausting than attending WWDC? So there are a couple of areas here. I think I can split this into two kind of flows for why I am so tired. Okay. One is Apple is a California company. So everything's happening on California time. The worst time. Yes, the worst time. It's the worst time for everybody except people that live in California. Other than that, it's inconvenient for everyone. I do think that is literally true. (laughs) So every day they publish a selection of videos, the, the session videos. If they published these on Eastern time it would be way nicer because I would get them at like three o'clock in the afternoon rather than six o'clock in the evening, right? Mm -hmm. So that's been one part is like the time shifting of everything has, has made things a little bit more tricky than usual. And then there is the element of things that I have not done very well for myself, which is when I go to WWDC, I do not record all of my usual podcasts. I will pre-record some of them or skip episodes or whatever. I didn't do that for this conference because I thought, I'm at home. I don't need to move the pen addict. I'll just do it on Wednesday. No problem. Oh, okay. Because I'm not away. I didn't plan my week as if I was away. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can see now. Yeah. This is very like, I have made a huge mistake dot gif. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I can see why you would have thought that. And that is a terrible decision. I just, I, it never even really crossed my mind to, to mm-hmm. think about moving things. Because what I wasn't foreseeing is the fact that I've ended up with additional recordings put into my diary this week. So in a five-day period, I am recording nine podcasts. Oh, my God. So I'm nearly at the end now. I have two more after this one to do. Okay. More recording, more editing than normal. And then the other part of it all is there's so much information coming out. And because I'm not at the conference, I'm not receiving information by osmosis in the way that I usually would, Mm. which is just every conversation is about what's happening. But also, I kind of feel this different responsibility to be more informed 
this year mm. because all I have is time to consume the information and to try out the operating system and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like I am spending 13, 14 hours a day either consuming WWDC-related content or producing shows around it. So mm. again, I love to consume all of that stuff and I want to because I'm as interested in it personally as I am professionally, but it just has resulted in the unexpected phenomenon of being more tired at WWDC at home than I am at WWDC in California. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Mm. Because the fun thing about WWDC in person is also the thing that is one of the reasons, especially for you to go, is that when you're there, you get to talk to people who know things or there's tons of developers who are installing the new system on their devices and, and pointing things out. And there's this interesting asymmetry of information where people who are following it online sometimes have more of a like, oh, we know all of the features. But by being there in person, you can pick up some of the details or the way things are intended to be used in a way that's not obvious if you're just reading all of the reports and things. It's also the discussion. So like the reason people listen to podcasts produced like this one about stuff happening at WWDC is to hear people's opinions, to hear mm. people's interpretations, what they like, what they don't like. And it's way harder for me to get that type of input this year because there are no lunch conversations or right. conversations happening in, in the bar. So like I'm having to do way more than usual to just gather all of my own original opinions on these things rather right. than hearing somebody say something. And I was like, well, why is that? What makes you feel that way? And getting mm -hmm. the information that way. So it's just a lot more research and I'm putting more, I've definitely put more pressure on myself this year to get that information yeah. as well. Like last year I was really disconnected from iOS 13. I felt like I really didn't get to grips with it. And that really frustrated me. Like, that there was a lot of features that I kind of didn't really try out the way that I would have wanted to, and I just didn't put the same level of focus on it that I would have normally. Mm -hmm. So this year, I also feel like I don't want to repeat that again, and I want to be really testing everything out and trying it out from the get-go as well. So there's a, they've got hmm. a lot kind of going on this year, which is contributing to being very tired. I mean, like we're going to talk about the whole WWDC thing, yeah. but I'm just I'm just curious as as a preview: Are you running? the beta on any of your devices yeah all right mike's doing the real legwork i put it on uh on tuesday mm -hmm. on my ipad keynote was on monday <laughs> i only didn't put it on on monday because i was super busy monday evening recording right, upgrade yeah. right yeah and so day one podcasts gotta go out podcast gotta be done uh drinking yeah. a red bull at 10 p.m oh right so like that's where oh. i am <laughs> Right? Uh, like, <laughs> uh, that's awful i've I've done that late night coffee thing a few times and it's like you've, you've created such a visceral feeling in me of, of the like uh I'm, I'm over caffeinated and tired and it's awful and it just it 
fucks me up the next day. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just feel like trash. Because, like, our eating schedule's all off because I'm working in the evenings, so we're eating dinner at lunchtime. Like, it's, gra- it's crazy. It's crazy here. Like, I will say, Adina has been an incredible support for me this week. She mm-hmm. created, like, a little snack bar in the hallway, which I've been dealing with as I'm just going from living room to office to bathroom <laughs> and back. And, like, that has been my 12-hour, 13-hour stints for the last four days. Ugh. It's been very intense. But the thing is, this is the first time I've experienced this Right. Right. For as long as I have been covering WWDC intensely, I've been attending. Mm -hmm. I had been six years, seven years, something like that. And so I am very used to only really having to professionally report on one conference. And I'm used to doing that. Like in my first couple of years, I did it all wrong, right? And like Mm -hmm. way overcommitted myself and ended up learning over time like what is the right balance for how i approach covering a conference while at the conference Mm -hmm. this is the first time i've tried to cover a week-long conference while at home and i'm making the same mistakes that i made when i first started attending so like i just have to learn from it that if this happens again i think it will and i need to approach it a little differently and i've already learned a lot this week I was going to say, as a record for future you, mm-hmm. while you are still in the middle of it, what are your top tips for future Mike for how to do this better next time? One, move all non-timely podcasts. Record <laughs> them the week before or skip them. Uh-huh. Two, leave lots of space in the calendar for the inevitable things that will be put into your calendar. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. And three, have more of a plan beforehand as to what information you want to get hmm my friends that write reviews like federico and john they plan their kind of content gathering like a month before right Hmm. they start being like this is what i want to research this is how i'm going to approach it i had no idea because i didn't think that I would be. Like, I've been watching session videos for developers. Yeah, you're not writing a review. No, but I do need to be informed. Mm-hmm. And typically that information was disseminated to me via these conversations that we would have with friends. Right. And whilst I've been having some, iMessage conversations just don't do the job, really. Mm. So I have been watching session videos and I've never watched session videos before. So the sessions that Apple developers would usually present They've made like video versions from Apple's campus and they're talking Mm -hmm. about what's going on. And typically I I watched what are called the overviews where they kind of introduce a big feature. I'll get about halfway through and then it goes over my head and I stop watching it because then it starts to get into the code or whatever. Right. But like I'm trying to understand like where are they coming from with this stuff? Why are they doing it? What are the key things I need to understand? I didn't think that I was going to watch any of those videos because I never did before. Mm-hmm. because I never needed to. And I've come to realize this week that I have needed to try and get more background information. So one of the things that's been happening is on two of my podcasts this week, Upgrade and Connected, that are coming out this week, I've had the opportunity to interview some engineers and marketing people at Apple about the features. Ooh, that's very exciting. Yeah, that was, that's been a first for me, and that has definitely added to the pressure. Added to the workload, and the workload. would you say? Yes. Like, so, you know, 
these are two podcast recordings that I wasn't expecting, and I really needed to be prepared for those. Mm. Because that was important to me that I was going into these with all of my questions, everything researched, really making sure that I get the most out of that time. So, yeah. I can only imagine what that looks like because, listeners, as I've mentioned many times, one of the things I really appreciate about doing Cortex with Mike is how incredibly thorough the show notes are, right? That, like, Mike makes very detailed show notes going through topics that we may or may not cover. And I can only imagine if, for this show, the level of show notes that you create, if if you were then in an interview situation you're going to want to have prepared show notes and you want to know the topics that the person is going to be talking about. So I can easily imagine that adding two interviews to your schedule adds many hours of preparation to to get it right. Yep, lots of hours of preparation, writing questions, anticipating follow-up questions, Mm. writing those follow-up questions based on the answers I think people will give me. Like, it's like a, <laughs> that's a big thing. Like, that's how I prepare for interviews. Right. You're doing the pretend answers in your head that the other person yeah. gives you. And then it's like, okay, what well, would be a good follow-up question to that? Yeah, yeah. To make sure that I'm really prepared. Like, I never want to be in an interview situation and feel like I'm fumbling. Right. I hate that feeling. So I try and, like, anticipate what follow-up questions I might have based on what I think answers might be. Mm-hmm. And then there's just an additional pressure in that, like making sure that those interviews go well, making sure that they fit within the podcast recordings that we're doing around them, editing the interviews to make sure that they're clean. Like, and mm-hmm. you know, there's, I basically edit those the way I edit Cortex, you know, mm-hmm. like really like taking a fine tooth comb to them. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird week, but a good week, but also a really tiring week. I feel so bad because I'm sitting here and all I can think is I'd totally forgotten about WWDC. <laughs> yeah. It's like two days later, I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I just, maybe there's a thing I can watch. And there was. What is time? You know? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was very what is time. And yeah. I completely forgot that WWDC existed. And now I'm listening to what Mike had to go through. And I I feel bad. But, you know. This is the busy week of your life. This is the big week. This is my, like, Super Bowl or whatever sporting analogy you'd like to make. Yeah. This is the big game of yeah. Apple. <laughs> but I think for me, it's like it's it's more that this is a big week for the stuff that I make. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of listeners to these episodes. Like, people want the content more than normal, even. Um, they want to hear what we have to say. It puts a lot of emphasis on it for me. You know, it's like this week and then the iPhone announcement week. Mm. For most of the shows that I do, that's about as big as they get, you know? Yeah. And adding pressure into those and unknown into it has really, really kind of ramped up the stress level this week. Because mm. not really knowing what WWDC was going to be like and how we would cover it has been a lot to, to deal with. Plus, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to talk about some other stuff in a minute that I've been working on. That's, you know, launching a whole new thing on top of all of this has been uh, quite the experience. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a wild couple of weeks. Yeah, busy week on top of a busy month for you, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
This episode is brought to you by Fitbod. Fitbod is the fitness app that provides a personalized exercise plan designed to help you push your limits. Fitbod has been fine-tuned by certified personal trainers to bring the best practices of strength training to you. Your workout program is tailored exactly to your needs, making it perfectly suited to your unique body, experience, environment, and goals. It can be hard to know exactly how much you should be doing while exercising, but Fitbod figures all of that out so you don't have to worry about under or overtraining, and they will also mix up muscle groups, exercises, sets, reps, and weight over time to help keep you on top form. You don't want to spend hours researching the best practices, best exercises, and workout strategies to get the results that you're looking for. Fitbod will do all of that for you. If you're working out at home right now, Fitbod has a bunch of bodyweight-only workouts. These are great for indoors or outdoors. And if you're back at a gym, they have tons of great workout options there too. They have everything you're going to need, no matter how much equipment you have access to. For me, I've been getting into resistance bands workouts recently. And of course, you guessed it, Fitbod has workout options here too. So no matter where you are, what equipment you have access to, or even how much time you have, Fitbod can help you create the perfect workout plan. Personally, I love how easy the app is to use. They have wonderful example workout videos for each exercise to help me make sure I'm doing things right. And I love their Apple Watch app. It's fantastic. It helps me make any amendments I want to the reps for each exercise. It also helps me advance to the next one with prompts for what I need to complete. This helps keep me focused and away from my phone during the workout. And for all of our core Texans that use an Android phone, you're in luck. I'm really excited to share that Fitbod is now also on Android, making it even easier for everyone to get their workouts done. You can get started right now by going to fitbod.me slash Cortex and you'll get 25% off your membership. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot me slash Cortex to try out Fitbod for free and get 25% off your Fitbod membership. Our thanks to Fitbod for their support of this show and Relay FM. So how is how's things with you? How's you mentioned you obviously didn't know what what time was. Uh, yeah, you've also no, I, released quite a few YouTube videos since we last spoke. How I? I I don't know. Like, I, think I just two at least both the pirate videos. I, I guess I think yeah. we're in between the last the last episode and now. I guess I don't know. I just I have I'm I'm deep in the time means nothing. Yeah, know? like we we've been in it long enough that I genuinely have no sense of time and. I have nothing to report about my boring life where days are the same and I'm just like, just working on my videos and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, right, there was a WWDC and, and this is like the only thing on my calendar for two months and I've missed it and forgot about it. Yeah, so everything's everything's fine with me. Just having the nice little daily routine each day exactly the same as the last. Like we're in maximum routine mode. Yeah, yeah, we are in maximum routine because there's nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's two choices. There's the you existing in the structure that you create for yourself or you're floating aimlessly in the void. That's what life is like right now. I actually went to Mega Studio. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How did you get to Mega Studio? Uh, we took an Uber. Okay. Was this like the first time you've been out of the house in months? The first time I've been anywhere significant, yeah. Okay. Like I've taken walks around the neighborhood. Yeah. But this is the first time I ever went to like a different geographical place. Right. This is this is the first time you've you've left like the radius of your house. Yeah. How was that experience? It was 
it felt way more normal than I was expecting. Okay. So, like, be real. I was a little bit concerned about myself mm-hmm. that that I was going to start like fearing the outdoors because I was starting to feel a little bit like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The last time we spoke, I do. I do remember thinking like I was. I was slightly worried that you were going to become a bit agoraphobic. Yeah, I've been worried about that too. But that was not your experience. No. I mean, what I'm concerned about is the virus. Right. Right. And so, luckily for me, at least, I have been able to keep those things separate. Like, outdoors isn't problem. Virus is problem. Ah, okay. That's a good mental pattern to reinforce. That has been able to keep me kind of grounded for a bit. Because there was a, a probably like a six-week period where I did not leave my front door. Mm-hmm. That was just where I was during this, like, th- it's so long. Like, we've been, this has been going on for so long now. Basically, as some of the lockdown restrictions were being lifted, we mm. had some deliveries where the companies were basically calling every day and be like, we we have to deliver this to you now. Oh, oh, you mean deliveries for the mega studio? Yeah. So we ordered a large rug and a sofa for the studio in February. Right. These things were ready to be delivered in March but it was too late. Mm-hmm. So they've just been sitting in warehouses for like three months. And it kind of got to the point where the sofa company was like, this has to leave now. So you just, you, this, this isn't a question. You just have to tell us what date we're bringing it. Right. We set it up to have both things <laughs> delivered at the same time. And okay. just go see how everything was there and get everything set up and, it's great. Like we got a nice sofa and chair in there now, and this huge rug. Mm-hmm. It's actually something called a carpet remnant, which our friend Jason tipped me onto. Which is, if a big company is like carpeting, I don't know, like a hotel or whatever, they have very large pieces of carpet left over. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of companies that do this. You can just request a size, and they'll just cut a piece of carpet to that size and back it like a rug. Hmm. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So it's effectively a huge rug, but it's just a large piece of carpet. Right. But it doesn't get laid like carpet, you know, like you don't actually affix it to the floor. It's just a huge rug. Mm-hmm. So we got all that set up, and it's really, like, it's come together. Do you get to pick the pattern, or do you yeah. just say, like, I need a... I need this. <laughs> Give me anything! No, you, you Yeah, choose. like those people who buy books by the weight. They're like, look, I need to, I need to make my office impressive to other people. I need... 20 feet of books. I don't care what books. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, that's totally a thing. Did you not know that? You can I've buy books that. by the foot and it's it's for office decorations and stuff. <laughs> I don't care what those books are. I'm not going to oh, read Lord. them. That's the wild. people who are going to be impressed by feet of books won't know what they are anyway. <laughs> no, it's not like that. You can pick from styles and then they have like size ranges that they can do within different styles. Mm-hmm. So that was actually pretty nice. I'll say that like it was stressful in the sense of us not really having a good sense of procedure for the mm-hmm. studio mm-hmm. like we do at home. Right. When anybody passes the threshold of the home, there is like a set of steps that we go through mm-hmm. to be comfortable in like sanitizing. Right. Little little chlorine spray on everyone passing through the front door. Yeah, it's like one of those, like he's, 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 I don't know, like he's hitting science fiction moves, like an airlock. Yeah, hands up. Yeah. You think it's sprayed, turn around, hands up again, spray, then they can come in. Yeah, I got one of those, I understand. And there's just, 
there's more kind of back and forth with the studio, right? Because we don't obviously it's a because it's a large space. We don't have a bathroom in our studio. There's like communal bathrooms, right? Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So there's stuff like that which we hadn't really been thinking about, where like there's more in and out. And we had deliveries, which means that people had to come into the space. Mm-hmm. And so it was just much more of a to-do, and we didn't really have our plan for sanitizing. Mm-hmm. So it was just much more stressful. But we've now kind of like made that a priority for the future mm-hmm. of having a plan for sanitizing let me ask you so having um you know because you know, the, the thing I, I like to ask everyone is like oh when, when's the next time you're going to get on a flight right mm-hmm. but the, it just occurs to me now that there's a much smaller version of this which is when's the next time you're going to step into an uber and i feel like having broken that seal mm-hmm. what i'm wondering is are, are you thinking of maybe working from mega office more regularly going forward like is that a thing that you might consider having broken the uber seal yeah, we have decided, like, so we did it once, right? Mm-hmm. And it went well, but was also a disaster in its own way. Because, again, like, we just didn't have our procedures in place. Mm-hmm. So we decided we would leave it for, like, a couple of weeks. Like, I was too busy this week to even think about it anyway. Yeah, no, no, this week is not the time. Our plan is next week we're going to go back and we're going to mm-hmm. spend some time there. We're going to do some little things that we need to take care of. We have hand sanitizing stations that we're going to be putting in place inside of the studio. And, and then I'm going to do some work from there. I'm going to try and like realign ourselves to where we were three months ago in the plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, what things do we need to continue trying to get this place set up? Because I'm very aware of where we are, right? And like, like everyone, I don't stop thinking about coronavirus. You know, it's always ever present. But at the same time, I want to live my life a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we're being very careful, wearing face coverings, ensuring that anyone around us is wearing face coverings. We are also going to start taking public transport again at some point. Like, we're not just going to only Uber. Okay. Because, you know, if we go, if we get trains at the right time, we can stand further away from people than we can in a car. Yeah, there's, there's an interesting calculation there about yeah. the risk. And I can to- I can totally see that if you time the train right, yep. I would feel like the train is less of a risk than an Uber. And we were doing that before anyway because we just didn't want to be in the rush hour. Mm-hmm. So we were getting trains at times when there weren't a lot of people. So, you know, we've got to work that out. But I'm paying rent on a studio space that I really want to be in. <laughs> yeah. So... We're going to start looking at how we can make that more of a feasible part of our lives. Now, what I'm not going to be doing is the move. That is paused. The idea of moving to the studio, that's not happening. Hmm. All right. So what are you envisioning as the studio life then, where you're there more, but you're not moving your work there? I don't really, I don't understand what your plan is here. I will be working from there but not removing the home office. Okay. Because the plan was there just wouldn't be a home office anymore. Right, right. Like That was all the equipment was going to the studio. But I can't do that in case overnight we're locked down again. Ah, uh, okay. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. So I still need to have 
the ability to work from here. So I will set it up like halfway, basically, mm -hmm. is the plan. So then we can, I don't know, maybe a few days a week, we can be in the studio instead and mm -hmm. we can work from there and see what that's like. Um, so that's kind of where I am with the studio stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, in the in the matrix of calculations that we all have to do of of risks versus rewards, that feels reasonable. Mm -hmm. It feels like a pretty reasonable mm -hmm. thing to try. And you also have a fairly big upside there of having a different space to go to than just your apartment. Mega Studio was for my mental health as well. Yeah. Right? And I would, more than anything, love somewhere else to work from. More yeah. than I wanted it in March. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. Because totally I'm not going it. anywhere else, right? Like, the plan was I would still be traveling when I had the studio. Like, yeah. I would travel less, but I still would be. And I'm not doing that either. Mega Studio is, has been, the, like, the thought of it the whole time. And I just sent you some pictures of what we've got going on, like what we've been doing. It was always meant to be set up as like a very comfortable place to be. Like that was what I wanted. So I would enjoy being there and would happily spend work time there. Mm -hmm. And I really want to be in this space that I had started to create where, you know, it was like you have a blank canvas to build your working environment. Mm -hmm. So you can have what you want rather than use what you bought, right? Because the office here is, I've said this many times, it is not fit for purpose anymore mm -hmm. because I made it a certain way, changed what I wanted to use it for, and I also don't want to be in it in the long term anyway. Like that was it, all, The plan was always to get something out of home, mm -hmm. so it felt kind of fruitless to even attempt to try and get this office right when it even, no matter how good I would get it, it would always feel like not what I wanted, right? Yeah, yeah. Which was an out-of-home office space. And now I have this space, which is like so much more than I need, but it's just what I want. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able to try and see to what level can I use it again? Because very aware of the risks and I'm doing everything I can to observe what, I hear smart people tell me, but like things are relaxing a little bit more here now. And I'm just trying to balance a level of being safe and trying to live my life a little differently to the way I've lived it for the last 12 weeks. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it totally makes sense. You're making the place look quite cozy mm -hmm. and... I get it, and I'm with you. Of like having a place to work outside of the home is a is a huge deal. Like my my personal goal right now is either episode 104 or 105 of this show is the first episode recorded from Mega Studio. Okay, sounds like it's possible based on what you've said. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I I was just sitting here like I don't I don't dare to guess what what number cortex it will be where uh I will again have an office outside of the home so I will be quite envious of you mm. when you're recording from your plush mega office 
hanging out on your blue and yellow couch, mm-hmm. chilling in, in what looks like a palatial amount of space. <laughs> <laughs> all that space mike you've got so much that you can do (laughs) i'm happy for you though like i'm genuinely glad that that you're feeling comfortable enough to go back and you're like figuring out a way to make this work and i think it's a sensible trade-off to make in life i i genuinely believe there is a way to do this safely Mm -hmm. we just have to be really mindful of it and that's what we're trying to work through right now yeah stay alert This episode of Cortex is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You may have heard in the past how important it is to have a VPN, and now that so many of us are working from home, it's even more important to have a VPN that you can trust. I have been using ExpressVPN for ages now, since they first got in touch, and I am super, super happy with my experience there. Everything's really fast, and what I love is it's on all of my devices, and it's really, really easy to connect. Simple to use, and that's exactly what I'm looking for out of my VPN provider. ExpressVPN values your privacy. They don't log your data to make money from selling it like other services could. ExpressVPN uses technology that they created called Trusted Server that only stores data in RAM, so nothing is held. And it's super fast. You can stream HD quality videos with no lag, and I've done this too. It's really easy to use. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you're connected. Plus, ExpressVPN is loved by TechRadar, The Verge, CNET and more. Protect yourself today. Just go to expressvpn.com slash cortex and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That is expressvpn.com slash cortex right now to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. So you said you've been working on something new, Mm. something big this year. Mm -hmm. And from my perspective, as as someone uh, you've talked to about this, I would say that this has been the biggest change for how you view Relay since the start of conceptualizing Relay as a company. Mm-hmm. So we've I've made reference to this on previous episodes that it's been difficult, more difficult to run an advertising-based business during the pandemic than it was before the pandemic. Yes. And I would say that through a lot of work from our side, we're in a position which is much better than we thought that we would have been at this point. But what it has highlighted to both of us, me and Stephen, is thinking about where our efforts should be placed Mm -hmm. and thinking about what we want our company to look like into the future. And for about a year or two, we have wanted to do more with our membership program. But we're not sure what we wanted to do exactly and how we would do it. Nothing will make you make decisions more than threat of your company's existence. Yeah. A random global disaster that threatens the thing that you've spent years building Mm -hmm. focuses the mind. Yeah, it does. (laughs) And it can, if you are the right type of person, drive you to action. And that's what it did for us. So, over the last few months, we have been working on making some enhancements to what a Relay FM membership can be. And we've been adding in a lot of features for existing members. So new content, been adding in new monthly shows that everybody gets. There's a show that me and Steven are doing called Backstage, which is basically our advice and tips on how to start a podcast of your own. We added a Discord for members, but these were all groundwork for increasing 
how often we talk about our membership, which has usually just been once a year, while we were getting ready to put everything in place to allow for something much bigger, which is individual show content. So we've been working very hard behind the scenes to effectively create a platform where any Relay FM show can make its own membership-only show. Mm-hmm. So we have one now, and it's called Mortex. And Mortex is longer episodes of Cortex with no ads, and it costs $5 a month or $50 a year. So you can go to getmortex.com and sign up for the monthly plan, or you can go to our website and sign up for the annual plan. This is still a part of the Relay FM membership program, so it comes with all of the membership benefits. So all of the annual bonuses, like our text adventures, the extra podcasts, the Discord. But if you choose to give your membership money directly to Cortex, you also get Mortex. So it's a special feed, which is only available for Relay FM members who give their money to Cortex directly. If you are an existing member who does this, you have access to this. And anybody that signs up at getmortex.com, you will also get access to this. Once you sign up, you get sent to a podcast page where you can subscribe with just one tap to all uh, major podcast apps. It's really easy to do. It's a wonderful uh, system that we've got set in place. And now that we have this system set in place, we can offer this extra content because something that we've not had before, which was the ability to check for active subscriptions. So now if you stop paying you no longer get the content, which is really important if you want to build a business on this, which is what we're trying to do here as a company, is to try and build a bigger part of our business on membership. So I want to talk a little bit more about Mortex because that's kind of the background, kind of because I know I think Cortex listeners are a little bit more interested in some of the behind the scenes type stuff of this. Mm. Um, and I have a little bit more that I want to talk about about me as a content creator and what this means and one of the reasons mm-hmm. that I want to, I think, follow you in the way that I think about my business a bit and who I am and what I do. But just to kind of give a more concise pitch on Mortex, it is longer episodes, so there will be an additional content for people that sign up. Because basically what happens is, Gray mentioned my show notes earlier. I always generate tons of show notes. We always cut things out of the document mm-hmm. that we don't get to. And typically what happens is we'll do it next time. And then next time we don't do it, we'll do it next time. Next time we don't do it. And then that yeah. topic gets so old <laughs> that it's just removed. But this will allow us <laughs> to actually include more in the show. Because typically what happens is we'll get to a certain point and we'll feel like that's probably enough or this stuff doesn't fit with the rest of the stuff that we've done in the episode. Yeah, it's as strange as it's going to sound it just sort of happens every time but it feels like each of the shows kinds of ends up thematic Mm -hmm. as as we're going through it and and we do often have a sense by the end of like oh this additional thing about you know oh this thing that happened this week like doesn't feel like it fits anymore and we always have like a resistance to talking about it then and as we know from over the years now we lie to each other every time about like, ah, we'll talk about it next time. Mm-hmm. So we could feel better about not talking about it this time. But it never happens. <laughs> and so this this provides a venue for an additional segment 
that doesn't necessarily have to feel like it's thematic with the rest of the show. Yeah. It can be a segment on like, hey, here's the thing that otherwise we will never get to without a reason to get to it. So that's that's part of the idea behind Mortex, yeah. which also is the most perfect name when you said it. I was like, great. Yeah. Mortex is a, is, the, is a fantastic name. Get that URL immediately. Getmortex.com. Yep. Getmortex.com. <laughs> and I have it in both of the ways that you'd be willing to spell it, with and without the E. Oh, okay. I have decided right. we are spelling it with the E, so it's not necessarily like Cortex, but I think without the E, it looks strange to me. So it's M-O-R-E-T-E-X, not M-O-R-T-E-X. But if you do yeah. go to getmortex without the E.com, it will work. Okay. I'm so confused when you said both ways. I'm like, wait, do you mean like get more text or get more text? Like M-O-A-R-T-E-X? Like I need more, more text. Please don't sure make me there. buy you more URLs, Gray. Like I can't. Please buy more text. Now I need that one as well. So as I'm editing this show, I know what's happening. I'm going and buying that URL now. But yeah, basically it just allows for us to have extra content. So there's nothing that we're taking away from the show. It's it yeah. really is stuff that, and I think this is still a selling point, but like it really is stuff that otherwise would not be in an episode. But yeah. it's stuff that we still want to talk about. Like a really good example of this is the iPad Pro Magic Keyboard. Oh, yeah. Right? I have wanted yeah. to talk to you about this product for months now, and we've never spoken about it. It's always been in the document, and we'll do it next time. We'll do it next time. And now it's too old. It's gone. Yeah. But like the, yeah. we would have spoken about that type of thing on Mortex of like here is like a self-contained thing. It doesn't fit with the rest of the episode for us, but yeah. we can include it as bonus content for people that want more from the show. That, that, that is a that is a specifically good example because I think that that one got pushed the most mm-hmm. for sure. Or I think anyone who follows me knows like I'm just always really resistant to timely stuff. And so that that's also a thing that like I push back on mm-hmm. sometimes as topics of like I know no Mike like the shows should exist as as like isolated from the world things yeah. as much as possible and this provides a format to sometimes be like oh okay you know this this thing that I wouldn't like as a topic regularly like we can cover in like the more tech segment mm-hmm. like we've been talking about the membership like this has been a like a long ongoing conversation about like what could be done with the membership program or like you know what could what could we as a show do and this does feel like the thing that makes the most sense to both of us is you know i don't want to paywall like an existing part of the show right like we wouldn't want to say oh ask cortex is now behind the paywall and i considered that yeah like that was something i thought about i was like what if we just did ask cortex as a membership thing and and that didn't work in my mind because yeah i like that being part of the show and and it's that exact idea the easy thing to do is to take something that already exists put that behind the paywall and like that's the easy way out right Mm. but instead what we are going to do is spend time working on all right what do we have that we can talk about that doesn't fit with a show but is still stuff that we think cortex listeners would be interested in but if they miss out they're not losing a big part of the episode yeah i mean this is such a funny thing because for listeners of or followers of any kind of entertainment or media that's that's produced in the world Mm -hmm. they may hear something and you hear the solution of like oh this is what we're doing we're doing this thing called mortex and it sounds like oh this is very obvious but it's I always find that there's the feeling of like it 
feels like it's the obvious first thing that you would think of when it's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. But as creators, you sometimes stumble around for a really long time trying to figure out like, what's a what's a way to do like the freemium model like how, like what makes sense here to do and what doesn't you try and be really clever with it yeah right? yeah <laughs> that is a trap that's very easy to uh-huh. fall into you try to be too clever with it or there's all of these various things and it is just a funny thing because because i'm just thinking of the listener listening to us trying to explain like oh we've been talking about this for a long time and it's like what is there to talk about for a long time it seems very obvious but it isn't obvious in the trying to figure it out phase, yep. like what makes sense. And so, yeah, this this is what we landed on. And also a big thing for me, it was also the ad-free back catalog. Yes. Yeah. So that we, I, we haven't mentioned that yet. So not only are there no ads in the episodes that are current, we have also gone back and removed the ads from all of the episodes in the Mortex feed. Because if you sign up for Mortex, you get a new feed which has the entire back catalog of the show. Yeah. So you don't need to be subscribed to both if you want to listen to old episodes. And I've been doing this stuff with some of my other shows as well, doing ad-free with more content. I'm doing that Mm -hmm. with two other shows right now, but they don't have ad-free back catalogs because two reasons. One, they both have 300 episodes and that feels like a horrible job to to (laughs) do. And two, I just don't think that those shows are as re-listenable because they are purely current event stuff. Yeah. Where Cortex has more of an inherent re-listenability to it. Or for new people coming to the show, there is more of a benefit to go back and listen to some of the old episodes. So I thought that that made a lot of sense for providing to people that want to become more tech subscribers. Yeah. And and that that was uh, like... You know, th- this is also a thing that it was it was very easy for me to say the words like all the episodes should be ad free, comma, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> because we all know mm. like who's the person oh, who was boy. gonna end up having to actually do do the work for that. But again, thinking about like, you know, trying to figure out what are we going to do as the cortex part of the of the relay FM membership program. And thinking about the like the kinds of stuff that I support, the ad free was like a was like a big deal for me, and also the ad free back catalog. But I was, you know, I was aware in discussions that this was this was really throwing something over the wall to be like, I'm going to say these three four words, and it's going to mean many hours of work for Mike mm. on the other end. <laughs> so I'm sorry about I that. I definitely agreed with it, but it was a lot of work. Like making the back yeah. catalog took many, 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 many hours. So one, I'm so happy we have kept all of the logic projects for this show. I don't do that for my other shows, but we have always kept from episode one onwards, the entire projects. We saved mm-hmm. them in Dropbox and it's like, 700 gigabytes or something at this point. Yeah, it's a crazy amount of data. And so I've gone in and opened up every episode, removed all of the ads, tightened up the transitions, re-exported the shows, and have re-uploaded them for the Mortex feed. Mm-hmm. Because of the way we edit, it was like I had to do like so much checking. Like Sometimes there are multiple logic projects for each episode, what do you mean, Mike? I don't understand. Like gray edit, final, 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 four, 
forpublish.logic. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so having to open up every project, check it's the right runtime against the published episode, right? That was what I was doing. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. Uh, right. That, that makes sense. And then <laughs> pulling out the ads, re-exporting them, re-uploading them. This was like the perfect example of on paper, a job somebody else could and maybe should do, but is something I would only trust myself to do. Yeah, this is this is a perfect example of that sort of job. It does seem like it should be fine, but we don't want like the half edited version of the show to end up being a, like one of the version that goes up and ultimately you're the best person to be able to check that and be able to make sure like yes, this is really the correct one. In spite of my very consistent file naming method which was uh, there to <laughs> there to help you. Really a good good assistant along the way. Yeah, because the more finals there are, that's Gosh. that makes you that lets you know that it's the really final one. <laughs> Going back to those early episodes, like the way we sound, so different to now. One, our microphones are different, so just the mm-hmm. audio quality is better. And two, right. both of our accents are very different now. I I, I know how like your accent is messed up, mm-hmm. but although I would still say I think your accent is definitely. Uh, is it fair of me to say better? Oh, I think it's better. I hate the way I sound yeah. in the early episodes. Chim chimini me gov. You know, like it's it's terrible <laughs> for me. Like I I prefer this now. Okay, good. I, like you said it, mm-hmm. I didn't say it, mm-hmm. right? But I I think you um you've developed a more professional radio voice is maybe a way to put it. I've rounded off the rough edges. Yeah. I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sound less like you've come from the gutter. <laughs> oh no, that's not fair. You can't say it. <laughs> I think the thing for you is like it, I couldn't tell you what it is, but I can tell it's different, hmm. and that's normal. Like if I go back through the back catalogs of any show I've done, everyone yeah. sounds different because people's voices change. They change as you get older. They change depending on the type of people you talk to, where they come from, um, hmm. and you pick up like affectations from other people. Like it's very normal. Yeah, yeah. There, there's. I must think of them as like linguistic fashions that yeah. make their way around, and also I sus- like much more so for me than you. I'm much more used to just talking in a podcast format. Like there's less metacognition going on when I'm talking on a podcast than there right. was before. Right. Of like I have to pay attention less, and I imagine that can sort of change the way that, that a person sounds because yeah, you but. probably. Because of that sound more relaxed now than you would have before. Yeah, probably. So it was just funny to go through those old episodes and hear the progression like at high speed. Oh, right. Yes, because I guess you'd be listening to a little segment of each of yeah. them. Right. <laughs> you're flying through time at 100x mm-hmm. is what you're doing. <laughs> and something that only I care about, but I do care about it. They're all re-encoded at a higher bit rate. So they sound better to me. Oh, nice. It's like the Blu-ray release of yeah, the show. Yeah, there's the special editions. <laughs> Because I'll tell you as well, I have George Lucas them a little bit. When I was editing some stuff, read some stuff, it's like, oh, there's a breath in here that I would take out now. Let me just take it mm. out. So there are very minor differences between mm-hmm. the Mortex versions and the Cortex versions. Yeah, I think you want to say the remastered edition, mm-hmm. right? The special edition would be if we went back and, and like re-recorded lines we didn't like with our new different voices and so it would fit just perfectly right i'm so i really want to do that now like somewhere in the back catalog like just put in one little conversation right like just like a very short oh that would be so fun we're not gonna do it or are we we're not gonna do it 
but it would be fun anyway. It would be an amazing Easter egg uh-huh. if there was a small new segment somewhere <laughs> in that back catalog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I would have thought of this earlier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a selling point, right? It's like the golden ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> CGP Grey and the Podcast Factory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, you know, it's tempting. You know, it, it could happen at any time. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes me the Oompa Loompa, uh, which I'm not that happy about. Sure. I've, yeah. You have to be, I think in this scenario, you are the Oompa Loompa. Hmm. And 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 I'm the I'm the madman maybe driving a boat to a land of insanity or maybe not who knows <laughs> yeah yeah I can imagine that wait spoilers for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory I could be the the guy who pretends to work for the other chocolate factory oh isn't he the villain he's the villain of the no he pretends to be the villain oh he pre- oh that's right right I don't know. So there's, 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 look, there's, we don't have very many options of who works in the chocolate factory. Not there's, really. There's, there's really only two people. <laughs> you know, in all of this, right? For me, it's about thinking what my business looks like for me. Mm-hmm. So last year was the year of diversification for me, right? And one of the elements of that was Cortex brand. Mm-hmm. And that continues to be an ongoing project. But similarly now, it's like, okay, my main product that I make available to the world is audio content. That's what I quote-unquote sell. And the way it is sold right now is put out for free, supported by advertising. And as a side note, if you do not subscribe to Mortex or can't or don't want to, just by listening to this show, you continue to support both of us Mm -hmm. because we have advertisements on our show. So it's like the way that you would say it, like completely guilt-free, right? Like yeah. just by listening to this show, you are supporting us. That is fantastic, right? And that has been what allows me and us to continue doing all the work that we do is at the moment primarily advertising. But I have this other opportunity here where I can offer more of what I do, but make it available for people to purchase from me which is not really something that I've done before in any serious way. Mm -hmm. Because I know this about myself. I subscribe to membership programs for my favorite podcasts to get additional content from them because they're the shows that I love. And there is always an element to this of like, oh, I want to support those creators. But for me more, it's like, no, I love this show so much. I want to get more of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I want to subscribe to this membership or this Patreon to get additional content. And I've just kind of gotten to the point where I want to be able to offer it, and we have got the technology to be able to offer it in the way that we want to. Like, advertising has been wonderful for me. I know how to make it work for our audiences. Mm-hmm. But this kind of revenue model is susceptible to market forces outside of my control. Yeah, That's what I've learned more now than anything because this stuff had always happened in like little pockets you know like company runs out of money and needs to cancel its advertising it's like okay like it happens but a nothing will make you realize the volatility of a industry than a pandemic right like Mm -hmm. it has the ability to shake all the leaves out the trees and that's what's happened and again we are in a much better position than i thought we would be because of a lot of hard work. But I have had highlighted to me that there is a risk area. And also for myself, 
I have felt for a while that I want to be able to focus more on the content side of what I do and less on the running of an advertising business side of what I personally do. Mm -hmm. So going forward, I want to be able to put more of my own work time into making the best content I can rather than trying to run an advertising business. Right. So like behind the scenes at Relay FM, we have a very talented sales manager that we work with. And over time, what I want to do is transition more and more of the advertising business to her instead of me. Mm -hmm. So I can focus on doing what I want to do. The whole reason that I created any podcast and then co-founded this company is to make podcasts, not to sell ads. Mm -hmm. I sold the ads because the ads needed to be sold so we could make this our living. But the ads was never what I wanted to do. I just had to do it because someone had to do it. Right. But what I am best at is making podcasts. Like, that's my skill. And I want to do more of that. So going forward, I want my work to be supported by advertisers and by listeners. So I am putting more time into making more content in that way. And in many ways, I have looked up to you and what you do. And when you made that transition, you made that really great kind of like open letter type video talking about this, I think it started to plant the seeds in my head of like, that's actually where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Focusing on making the best content that I can and hoping that people will choose to support that content and get something extra right. that goes around it. As a side note, I have a new yearly theme. Oh, We will talk about this next episode. Oh, okay. I was, I was like, oh. We have not got enough time to get into that today. But I encourage our listeners to also consider changing their yearly themes if they're unhappy with them. Mm. Because I am my yearly theme, I can't do it. Everything I wanted to do, I can't do. Well, you know, it's a great time to think about adjusting your yearly theme because yep. we've just crossed the threshold into official summer. A new season, as they so say. So it's a brand new season. I mean, of course, pandemic season lays over all of this, but it's a brand new season. Yep. So yes, excellent time to reconsider yearly themes. But I've just gone through so much over the last three months Yeah, that it's made me face rethinking what I do. So I now have a yearly theme in place to focus on that for the rest of this year, at least, which is tying into this idea of what do I actually do, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what do I make? And what I want to make is content Mm -hmm. and make that content the best it can be. So this is in a couple of ways, right? Like, this isn't just making the best membership content. I want to make the best shows that I can possibly make mm-hmm. and also make the best membership content I can possibly make. By creating the membership stuff and having that as a potentially sustainable part of my income and my business, I believe that it will allow me to be able to put more focus on the content that I create in general with a feeling of stability there Mm -hmm. therefore allowing me to put more focus on 
the shows. Like, I believe this will help Cortex itself get better because I will be able to put even more focus into making the show as best as it can possibly be. Yeah, and that makes sense from a creator psychological perspective because if you think about how do you fund content, you know, we have, you have advertising and you have member supports and crowdfunding and advertising is the what I think of as the high variance part of that question and crowdfunding is the reliable part of that question mm -hmm. and I do I do think that the membership program in in the past has basically been a like annual birthday celebration for relay yeah is is probably yep. the best way to put it it's like it's it's relay birthday time happy birthday to relay and there's a bunch of fun bonus shows but i do think that there is a lot of benefit psychologically as a creator to be having a more like direct connection with the audience in a way that the crowdfunding model encourages mm -hmm. so i've been very interested you know to see you like move towards this and i think it totally makes sense for relay and for you like and for cortex as uh like an adjustment and a change in the business model going forward get mortex.com however you spell it any way you can think of spelling not get any mortex. way not any way <laughs> I believe that's what Mike said. Any any of the ways you can think any of spelling, of get more typically text. conceivable ways of spelling that URL. Right, is what I will say. Getmoretext.com. I'm gonna blow like the entire first month on just domains. <laughs> this episode of Cortex is brought to you by Raycon. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to. You don't want to be listening to your roommates on a conference call or a vacuum cleaner in the apartment next door. Everybody needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a new set, you should really check out Raycon's wireless earbuds. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound fantastic. Compared to other top audio brands, you are getting significant value for your money. Their newest model, the Everyday E25, earbuds are their best yet. They have six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, and even more bass, all in a super compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are really comfortable even after long periods of time, so it's perfect for those long Zoom calls or for podcasts like this one. Raycon earbuds are stylish, discreet, and truly wireless. No cords or wires to get in the way. I was super surprised at not just how small the earbuds are themselves, but the case as well. It has a great battery in it, but it's tiny, and they have a very satisfying magnet that keeps it all closed when you're opening and closing it. It's got like a good, good shut to the case, which you really want. Sounds just like this. Very satisfying. That's what you want. That's a good, that's a good open close right there. Very nice. The earbuds fit in my ears perfectly. The seal was really great. They're really nice and noise isolating. I was very impressed. And they also have a button on the earbuds themselves, which gives simple and easy controls for pausing, skipping tracks, and stuff like that. That was one of my favorite features. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. You can get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash cortex. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash cortex for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash 
Cortex. Our thanks to Raycom for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so it's WWDC. Oh, right. <laughs> WWDC 2020. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And more, and more, this has got to be the longest of any of our WWDC episodes before we really get to WWDC proper, you know, the meat of WWDC. Well, the theme system conversation was quite long. That's a thing. The theme system's a year old now. Oh, is it? Yeah, because we, we announced the journal on our WWDC uh, episode last year. Right. Right, how how young and naive we were about timelines uh-huh. back then. <laughs> we have a oh, look. All right, in case you're wondering, we have some on a boat right now. I will tell this story later, <laughs> but there are some on a boat, uh, okay, which is great. a new experience for us. Um, but there are journals on a boat, so there's quite a lot of stuff that happened at wwdc this year more than i was expecting considering the circumstances of the world i think i was actually quite surprised at the output that apple had before 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 you start getting into like the specifics of it can i just say i think apple should never do a live event again all right so this is a controversial opinion that i i i i I have so many conflicted feelings about. Okay. Because if they never do another live event again, it means I never got to go to one, which is the thing, right, that that will always bug me. However, however, Mm. the presentation of their keynote, their video, was so much more entertaining. Yeah, okay. So, so... It was an interesting viewing experience, right? Actually, you, you must know. I don't know. On YouTube, did they premiere the video or did it go up like after it was live on apple's website or something like how did that how did the logistics of that actually work i expect they premiered it i watched it on apple's official stream okay but they did have a youtube video that was going up at the same time so i assume they used the premiere feature and they've never put it up on youtube immediately before Mm mm-hmm but they did this time. All right. But I, I presume when you were watching it, like you couldn't fast forward on the Apple thing. Like they didn't no. make it available as here's just a file. You know, it's like live recorded live. Like, you know, like it was a video right. that obviously they were not live. Right. Nothing was live. It was all pre-recorded. I love how complicated it is to try to explain in the modern world the concept of broadcast TV. Right. It's like, well, there's a thing that you've recorded and it's playing, but it's not. Li- yeah. Like, it's just. It's it's funny to me how this idea has like fallen off the world in a funny way. So they premiered this thing and they did a fantastic job of putting on a show. Now, the one thing I was aware of is they had the huge advantage that they really leaned on of, hey, we can use this as an opportunity to take you on like a pseudo tour mm-hmm. of the campus of, of like their new Apple spaceship campus. And I thought that was kind of a great framing of all of the content and added like an extra little bit of fun of like, oh, you know, where is this theater exactly? Oh, where is the exercise area in Apple? Is the secret lab really underneath the lake? I don't know, but I kind of assume that it is now. Like, I, th- I think that was really fun. And that's not an advantage that they would have in the future, but it worked great for this one. But I don't know, like just watching it, the only thing I could think the whole time is like, I don't think they should ever do another live event again. I think that they should make produced videos for people to watch in this way. And maybe, maybe the only thing that they could do is like 
It wouldn't really make any sense, but they could do a live presentation to some people they lock down under a life-destroying non-disclosure agreement. That's pointless. You think that's pointless? Either, I mean, it's kind of like, for me, it's one or the other. Do one or the mm-hmm. other. You either do it all live or not live. I'm trying to think of a way that you could attend one of these. <laughs> right? It's like, you could be in the audience because it is funny to think that they built this brand new Steve Jobs theater mm-hmm. and it's like, do we need to use it? You know, maybe it's just for company movie night is is what happens. I honestly I think that they really like having the press there. I, I do. I and they like having it. They like being able to take these people and show them the products afterwards and have all the videos made and, and all that kind mm. of stuff. It would surprise me if they moved away from that. I would say I could more imagine them making this video for WWDC, I'm, I can't imagine them doing it for the iPhone. Oh, I was yeah, I wasn't really thinking about the iPhone. Okay, I don't know. I think if I was at Apple, I'd I'd like I'd still my vote if I was on the executive team would be to say like let's never bother with these live events again. I think this went this went well enough, even though there's a kind of excitement there. But I'm going to bet that you're right that the live events continue that this ends up being a, like a one-off, but I, I, I really do want to congratulate them on how well it was done. And it was, it was just very interesting to watch just a couple of little stylistic choices. I was really aware of like, even how right in the beginning they have the camera on the stage pointed at Tim cook with the empty audience in the background. Yeah. And I thought like, Oh, it's the right call. That's totally the right call. Like ev- everyone knows why this is happening. Because it was like it started like you see the screen as normal, and then it, the camera moved around him, right? And then he yeah. was facing the camera. Yeah. One, I like that move because they immediately were able to show you this is not going to look like what you're used to. Right. Which I thought was quite a clever framing device. But then also you say it's like owning it, right? Like yeah. this is what you're used to seeing. There should be people in those seats. There's nobody in those seats. Yeah. It was it was really well done. Mm-hmm. If I'm not going to be like in previous years, physically in California, where it can be fun to watch the live stream with other people who are there for WWDC and it becomes like a community experience, like that's fun and I would miss that. But the highly produced video, I just, I found like a much better denser snappier way to convey the information. Which makes sense, right? Like if you have the ability to A do multiple takes and B edit after the fact you have the ability to make and you should make a more engaging better paced video you can pull those editing tricks like you can have that hidden cut where Craig goes off camera so he can cut catch his breath after yep. running up the stairs and then pop back in and keep talking normally you know like oh we'll just we'll just keep on moving moving right along they set the bar for everyone else again as they do with presentations right like apple set the bar like steve jobs set the bar for what a product demonstration should look like nobody was showing off products the way that they show off products now before steve started doing it having these big stage events and there's all these slides and we're gonna and the ceo of the company is presenting to you Mm -hmm. like ceos don't have to be presenters ceos only present because steve jobs presented because he was a very good if not the best product presenter and so then all ceos felt like they needed to be the people that present products which isn't always the best thing for the product and it changed the way that this type of stuff was done and i think that there was a lot of question about how were apple going to manage this and i think they have set the bar again 
for how you can do something like this. Mm. If you're going to try and show off your products in a similar way that you did before, but now there's no audience, how do you do it? And they did it. Yeah. The way that everything was done visually was very refreshing and still worked very well. Mm. From a production perspective, it was just superb. I only watched the keynote. Mm-hmm. I started to watch the like the developers state of the state union. Of union. Yeah. Yeah. But I ended up abandoning it because I felt like it was more of like a rehash than than it has been in past years. Right. But I just kind of wondering, because I haven't seen the rest of the videos that have come out, like, what is the style for all of the other sessions that have been going on? Like, when you're watching the video about, here's the details of WatchKit, like, what is the visual presentation for those? It's typically one or two people, but not together, right? So they, they might have like one person in one location, then they switch over to one person in another location. But they're all shot at Apple Park with beautiful backgrounds, right? You're either looking out on their outside area through the windows, or they're in a room which has beautiful furniture in it. And it's one person presenting to the camera. And when they have slides, they like kind of shrink them down to a picture in picture, and they have the mm. slide and they had the person in the corner still talking. And mm. again, it's like we all thought they were just going to have engineers doing Zoom calls from home and they would record those, right? That's what mm-hmm. people thought these sessions were going to look like. But instead, they found a way to produce them at incredible quality. They all look fantastic. And they're set in such a beautiful way. And there's like a weird like thing that we started to notice where they always have a table. It's like most of them, they have like a table in front of them. And every person has a item on the table hmm. and they're becoming increasingly peculiar. Hmm. So like I've seen somebody who had a Newton, like the old PDA. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. One person had like what looked like a tiny porcelain dog. Another person hmm. had one of those like desktop pool tables, like the tiny pool tables. <laughs> like they seem to be I think what I'm guessing is like these are set dressings. They wanted a set dressing, but it's individual to the person. Like bring right. something meaningful to you or like bring something from your desk. And so like they are adding these like fun little personality items to the hmm. presentation set dressing, which is really kind of peculiar, but fun to see. Hmm. It's interesting that they're in Apple Park and that if there's more than one person, they're cutting between two different locations. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just it's funny to me because it's it's a little bit like you know i'm I'm sure Apple can create an incredibly safe and very sterile environment if they yep. want to, yep. but they're they're visually presenting yeah people are are separate I think they are going to a good length here to really show that they're being cautious way more yeah. than they probably are. Right, yeah, like yeah. as you said, look, I'm sure they are practicing social distancing there. Like we've seen reports that they are. They have people back at the office. They could have people in the same room, but on either ends of a large table. But they're not doing that. In the main presentation, it sort of struck me as funny. Like it was a little bit of a clean apocalypse. I'm <laughs> like, oh, in the future, yeah. three people live on the Apple campus, right? <laughs> like they they have all this space just to themselves. It just struck me as as a visually funny thing that it like while it was very well done it did it did have a little bit of this like what a beautiful post apocalypse this is because no one can be in a room with anyone else but it does make sense you know when the, if like you're visually deciding how do you want to show this like I would have made the same decision too it's just once you tune into it it's sort of it's sort of funny so I was interested to hear that that they're continuing that aesthetic in the individual sessions. 
It has been known throughout Core Texas history that the Apple Pencil was an important tool in our yes. arsenal. It was fun for me because during the keynote, they were talking about how, you know, like some people like to use the Apple Pencil to navigate their iPads. And I'm like, yeah, mm. yeah. Do you <laughs> remember that when we forced you to put it back? <laughs> right? So, yes, you're right. You're correct. Huge acknowledgement of, of people like to navigate with their Apple Pencils, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, they've added a couple of things to this release. And the biggest one for me, and it is my favorite new iPad OS feature, is called Scribble. And this is where you can use the Apple Pencil to handwrite in any text box and it converts it automatically to text. Yeah. And it's fantastic. Have you used it yet? Okay, so I haven't installed any of the betas on any of my stuff. Mm -hmm. Again, in in no small part because I totally forgot about all of this, but I also think this is a year where I'm going to pass on any of the betas. I know I often say that, but I really do think this is the year where I'm just not going to. What would you do if I told you what that I am running iPadOS beta 1 mm-hmm. and it is incredibly stable? I mean that's, you know, that's interesting. It's like, do you remember how good iOS 12 was? It feels like that right now. Yeah, okay. Nothing is broken. Yeah, I mean, cool story, bro, but I th- I think I'm I'm going to hold off this year. The scribble was the thing that immediately caught my attention. And partly because, you know how Apple talks about, uh, what, are, what are the name for those, those teams that they say they have? We're like, oh, we have a bunch of professional video editors in-house, and we, and we spy on them while they work to see what it is. The that pro they workflow yeah, teams. Pro workflow teams. The Scribble feature feels a little bit like there's a pro iPad team, like a people who just use the iPad all day long. And that, that feels like a feature that someone picks up on of, oh, the people who never like to put down the pencil, it's always a pain in the butt when they have to work in an actual text field. And so that is a great, great feature to see added. And I know that that's something I'm, I'm really going to take advantage of because right now, the way I've sort of gotten around it is on my iPad, I have the keyboard float as like the, the teeny tiny floating keyboard where you can then mm-hmm. also turn on the swipe gestures and so that's how i've always done when there's a text entry is like okay i use swipe on the tiny keyboard with the pencil and it's fine yeah but scribble is like it is that perfect kind of apple feature of it would never have occurred to me to request this but i'm really glad this is a feature that's that's being added and so i'm happy to hear you report that it's, it's working well in in all of the various text boxes so it works basically everywhere except applications that are doing super weird stuff with text, like Google Docs. Okay, right. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Because they have, like, their own complete text rendering system. But any application that has a standard text entering system, which is pretty much all of them, you know, like I'm using apps like Slack and Twitter and stuff, and it's all working. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is you just take the Apple Pencil and you start handwriting, and it's converting the text as you write. And I have found it to be really forgiving and very accurate oh hey here's a question Mm -hmm. you have your ipad in front of you right now right yeah i do does it recognize joined up handwriting or cursive yep and you can mix interesting because that's how i write you write with cursive is that what you're saying i do both that's the Mm. crazy thing about my handwriting sometimes it's a really weird form of cursive Mm -hmm. because my handwriting is not particularly neat sometimes i write in block letters right Mm -hmm. and i mix them in the same sentence 
and it mm-hmm. recognizes all of it. That's pretty good that it does cursive. I, I wouldn't have expected that. I was impressed when I tested it that the writing recognition in notes will recognize cursive words, which I'm always surprised at. And so I, I figure their new like copy paste thing would probably work with cursive, but I was wondering if the scribble would, would let you actually write in cursive into a text box. So that's, re- that's very interesting. And it does that thing that you will do with dictation, where sometimes it will put a blue underline on a word, hmm. which you can tap and select from other words that it think it might be if it's messed up one. Hmm. But then there's some other stuff. So if when you're using this mode, if you want to delete a word, you just scribble over it hmm. and it deletes. Like how you would if you wanted to scribble something out because you spelled it incorrectly. Hmm. If you want to select text, you just draw a line over it or circle it. Mm-hmm. And you can select the text which has been converted from handwriting to text. It's so cool. Yeah, I have to, I have to say I was, I was quite impressed with a lot of the notes stuff. But this is more than in notes, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what, I was, what, I, what I mean, though, is I was thinking of, like, copying the handwritten text. Yes, that's another part of this. So, like, there's, these are two, these are two things. One is you write in handwriting and it converts it to text. The other mm-hmm. is you can, if you just want to do handwritten notes, so they look, it's written in your handwriting and you're looking at that, you can then also copy that and convert mm-hmm. it to text. Or right. you can draw, like, shapes and stuff and it, and you can have them... It's like if you draw a circle that's imperfect, it can snap it to be an actual perfect circle. They've done some wild stuff. And any app that uses Pencil Kit, which is like the Pencil API, gets all of this stuff. Oh, interesting. It's not just in notes. Like it's part of Pencil Kit. Yeah, I I assumed it was like system-wide text input stuff, but I didn't realize it was baked right into Pencil Kit. That's very interesting. As always with any of these things at wwdc like you never quite know how you're going to actually use it but i like i have been very impressed with all the updates that they've done to notes over the years and with this i I did find myself wondering for the first time if i would start to actually be able to use handwritten notes and things for more of like the research work that i do because i've i've never really used that because it's always been a pain to like get stuff out or move stuff around but it's just like it just occurred to me like oh this might be an interesting thing to try on a future video project to test this out is to is to like have a notebook like i would have had a notebook in school where it's like these are my handwritten notes like on this topic and i can i can easily get stuff out and in and move it around so it's it's really quite impressive what they've done with all of that yeah, the, the system is... It's one of those things that I can't even believe is as good as it is. Mm. Like, they even have... Like, if you write a phone number down, it recognizes that it's a phone number, and you can tap it to call. I don't think I'm going to be calling people from my handwritten notes anytime soon, but it's 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 impressive that I can do that. It's like, it's good if, you, if you're a meeting person, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I take a lot of meetings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, give me your phone number so I can give you a call. I'll write it down. But Mike, like the big thing is the widgets. The widgets are the big thing. So there's a few things going on with the home screens on iOS and iPadOS. There are now widgets that look very different to the widgets we've had in the past. On the iPhone, you can put them anywhere on the home screen now. On mm-hmm. the iPad, they still stay on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. You can't put them wherever you want. And these widgets 
are very heavily designed and they show information. The best way to think of these widgets is more like Apple Watch stuff than the widgets we've had before. What do you mean by that? Okay, so you know how we have like our favorite app, Timery? Mm-hmm. has a widget where you can tap and it will start a timer and you mm-hmm. don't have to go into the application? These new widgets do not work like that. So the widgets can have no interactive buttons in them. Ah, okay. So They are intended to show information only, and you can tap them in certain areas, and it will open the application to different functions. But things can't be done in the background. The only Mm. widget that can do things in the background is the shortcuts widget. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. right. So that's interesting, though. So then that means, like... This is a totally different category of widget. Yes. So, so like, like on my iPhone, one of the widgets that I have is the OmniFocus widget. Yep. And I can check off to-do items yep. from that widget. But that would not be possible under the new system. No. It could display, like, oh, here's your top two items or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I were to tap on it, it then has to open the OmniFocus app. Yes. Huh. That's kind of a pain for developers. Like, now they have yet another thing that's a little bit different. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Especially because the, the, the old widget type has been uh, deprecated. So you can still run them, but they're no longer officially supported. So developers are being encouraged to leave their old widgets behind, basically, and make new ones. Oh, okay. So they're taking away my old widgets. They're taking Not away yet. Old... Not right. yet. I think, like uh, many of us think now, that like maybe next year there'll be buttons. Yeah, that would make sense. But this year, no buttons. That would make sense. So basically, we're going into new territory with these widgets, and we'll have more interesting things going on because our home screens will now be able to show us information. But we won't be able to get the interactivity out of them. For me, I feel like this is a fine trade-off to begin yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm ha- I'm happy for anything at all to happen with a redesign of the iPhone in particular home screen, yeah. which has been yeah. mostly completely useless to me for years anyway. So even without the buttons, I'm happy to be entering a new widgety world mm-hmm. and to be able to explore options with that because the, the home screen for me has just been a dead blank rectangle of uselessness for years. And so I'm, I'm interested to see how the widgets go. And please stop if you're sending feedback now to tell us that Android's been doing. Like, we know that Android has widgets. You don't need to tell us. <laughs> the same as what I'm about to say. I know Android does this, and I'm now very happy that it's coming to iOS, which is what Apple calling App Library, which is a list of applications in two different ways. They categorize them for you, and you can also get an alphabetized list of all the applications that you have installed. And you can now remove the extra home screens that you don't want anymore. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to do our first home screens episode after iOS 14 ships. Mm. Because our home screens are going to look nothing like they did before. Like I just expect your home screen will have no apps on it anymore and just widgets. Because you'll be able to do that. And if you want the apps, you can either search for them the way you always have before, mm. or you can swipe over to the app library. They're categorized and also alphabetized. So I'm really happy about this because I only want to have one home screen now. Like, And I've wanted mm. that for a while. Everything else is basically just in folders. And then I install another app. And then it's like, oh, well, now I have a third screen. What app do I need to move? I'm not sure. 
I will be super happy to have one home screen with less app icons on it, some widgets on there, maybe a second screen that just has more widgets, but all of my app icons are all hidden away in lists that I don't need to maintain anymore. I am very much looking forward to that. I have one more question that occurred to me about the widget, uh, which you may or may not have the answer to. But I'm thinking, like, what is the situation now with the lock screen and widgets? So, like, on your phone, you can access the old-style widgets by sliding over. Like, is Mm -hmm. that basically unchanged currently? I believe so. I mean, you could still do that on the iPad. I'm not running iOS 14 on my iPhone. Right, right. Uh, But my expectation is that you can still get to some form of widgets there, too. Mm. And you can have multiple instances of a widget. So Mm. I have two shortcuts widgets in my widgets on my iPad. The reason I'm doing this is this is how I'm going to get around the fact that in the future, my beloved timery widget won't work. Mm -hmm. I'm going to create a set of timery shortcuts that I access through the widget. And when I assume there will be a timery widget that shows like information about the timers that I'm running, which I'm assuming Mm -hmm. they will probably try and do something like that. Because you can drop widgets on top of each other, right? So I will have like a time tracking widget stack where I will see one widget will be the timery widget and I can swipe to the other one and press the buttons that I want and they just run the shortcuts in the background. Ah, oh, that's clever. That's a clever idea. So I'll hide the buttons, like the shortcuts related to the other widget behind it, right? Just swipe, mm-hmm. tap it, swipe back. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's, good. that's a really good idea. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace and create a website for your next idea. It's super easy to get everything set up with your own unique domain name. We have an award-winning template to make everything look fantastic and professional and so much more. Squarespace is the only one platform that will let you put your next idea online. You don't have to install or patch or upgrade anything. Squarespace takes care of all of that stuff for you. You can go from having an idea to having a website set up in no time at all, which is exactly what you want. When you have that idea, when you have that project, you just want to get it online. And Squarespace is the home for those ideas. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support, so if you need any help, they will take care of it for you. Their templates are all professionally designed. They're award-winning, and they look absolutely fantastic. They have lots and lots and lots of great options depending on the site that you want to make, but they're also really customizable. You can change the colors, the fonts, the design, the layout. Everything's drag and drop. It's really easy to manage and you can build everything in a preview window so you you know as you're making changes they're not actually happening live so you can make sure everything exactly what you want and then you save it and it goes live immediately which i really love the immediacy of squarespace as well you can sell stuff online with squarespace they have their commerce platform which will allow you to sell physical and digital goods and just so much more portfolio functionality blog functionality so much more is really really amazing go check it out for yourself and start a trial today you don't need to give them any credit card information to do so just go to squarespace.com cortex and you can sign up for that trial then when you're ready to launch your website to the world you sign up for one of their plans they start at just 12 dollars a month but when you use the offer code Cortex at checkout, you will get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for Cortex. Once again, that's squarespace.com Cortex and the code Cortex for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. We should actually talk about shortcuts because, Gray, mm-hmm. there's so much. 
And you probably don't know it because they didn't put it in the keynote. My overall perception of the WWDC was a little bit of, oh, nice. You know, like nice, nothing super exciting, but a bunch of welcome improvements, particularly to maps as well. I'm always happy about the, the map section, oh, which I'm God, just going I to assume. Oh, God, I forgot about that. You <laughs> and your maps. When the maps <laughs> part was, like, was happening, I was like, oh, snooze fest. <laughs> like, no, I just I, wasn't no, no. paying attention at all. How dare you? I was like, Meg Frost is my girl. Like, tell me about maps. Like, oh, this is great. Cycle directions, fantastic. This guides, clearly yet more hints at your AR program. Like, yeah, no, the map section. I was like, great. Um, uh, tell me tell me everything that you can but like but so generally over like the whole thing i just felt like oh this is nice like a bunch of nice improvements but nothing nothing sort of super exciting but it, it felt like oh, okay you know maybe they'll iron out some bugs and we'll have a, a nice stable year and it did only occur to me afterward that i was like was there anything about shortcuts and i don't think there was in the actual presentation itself so i i know nothing about this please tell me the exciting things for automation that's coming down the line here the app has been redesigned in that it has this this new iPad kind of design style, which includes sidebars and toolbars and stuff. Like, they look closer to the new Mac OS design. Mm-hmm. So now we have sidebars on the side, which adds for folders. Oh, thank God. And you can create widgets from shortcuts in folders. So you can have multiple widgets that relate to folders. Hmm. Right. So basically, there's new ways of categorizing things, and they're, they're they're called folders, but really they're just sections in a sidebar. You know. Yeah. But whatever. I'll I'll take. But it's it, organization, like, right? Yeah. Like yeah. any is good. <laughs> Currently, for all of my timers, I've I've ended up having to name them all like T colon space, and then whatever mm-hmm. the name is for the actual timer, just to try to like have some way to search for just those and it's like it's been such a nightmare yep. trying to have any level of organization for shortcuts so if if that was the only feature added to shortcuts i would be thrilled <laughs> they've added multi-window support oh nice so nice. you can have two versions of the shortcuts app side by side which can help with dragging and dropping and stuff mm, mm. in the shortcuts builder you can now copy and paste actions <sighs> Right? So needed. Fantastic. But then, my friend, mm-hmm. they have done some wild stuff to automation of shortcuts. Okay. Please tell me. Okay. So they've added in a bunch of new automation triggers. So there are new kind of things that can trigger off an automation. Mm-hmm. So before we had stuff like time of day and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. And when you open an app, you can run a a shortcut. Mm -hmm. There is now email and message automation triggers. So when I get a message from this person or when I get a message from this person that includes the following phrase, run this shortcut. Or an email that contains a subject or... To any account, an account that I choose, recipient that I choose, run this shortcut. Ooh. With the real key now being that you can run automations without you needing to approve them. Oh, thank fucking God. Yes. Okay. All right. Because it's like, you're telling me there's new triggers and it's like, great, great. 
but uh, like my disappointment last year was tremendous when mm-hmm. like we have all of these triggers but you still need to manually confirm each yep. time completely negating all of the value of the thing mm-hmm. that is fan Fantastic. I cannot yep. believe that they can run without user interaction. So the new ones in total are when I get an email, when I get a message, when an app is closed, when a battery level is reached, <sighs> when I attach my phone to a charger, and then there are also some shortcuts that can be set off from the new sleep actions that they have, which tie in with the Apple Watch. Hmm. Now, there are also a selection of automations that you can run without there needing to be input. Unfortunately, one that is absent from this list is location change, hmm. which I know is a frustration for you because like, I know that was one you really wanted, but not a problem right now, so can probably let that one go for yeah, a bit. Yeah, it's not, it's not a problem right now. And, and if you can have something run at time of day, like you can get around the location change. Like it, There's yeah. ways to fix that if you can have stuff run without you manually needing to check it. I will say for the moment, I'm not sure if the when I get an email or when I get a message runs without your input. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I do have a definite list of ones that can be triggered. Okay. Can time of day run yes. without input? Yes. Great. That, that solves every problem. <laughs> so this is the list that I know. Run without input includes at time of day, when an alarm is set, when the sleep mode starts, when you begin a workout, when you have CarPlay related stuff, mm-hmm. put your phone into airplane mode, touch an NFC trigger, put into do not disturb, when low power mode turns on, when you open an app, when you close an app, when you reach a certain battery level or attach your phone to a charger. Great. So you still get a notification, mm-hmm. but you don't have to confirm it. Yeah. As long as you don't have to confirm it, that's great. I, I can live with notification clutter from one app if, if it can run things automatically. Isn't it cool? That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I have to say, I'm a little surprised because I, I wasn't... There was a part of me that thought for security reasons, Apple would never allow that stuff to run without a user confirmation. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that they've allowed it to run automatically because like I said last year I felt sort of frustrated of like all of the stuff that I wanted to do at least for my own personal use cases I found it more annoying than to just not bother because Mm -hmm. I had to tap stuff so it's a huge 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 improvement I'm really excited about that yeah the sheer level of stuff that they've put into shortcuts this year is is mind-boggling honestly Mm -hmm. like so other stuff that they've done you can now run shortcuts from the new search so like the search that looks like spotlight Mm -hmm. and can run them without ever opening the application even if it needs an interaction from the search menu nice and all of the ui now when you're running a shortcut just looks like notifications Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. when you use them from the widget they look like notifications Mm. so it's like a whole new ui that's running and there are new actions for the apple watch Mm. So you could automatically, at a time of day, have your watch face change. Oh, great. <laughs> that's amazing. Right? I feel like, yeah, watch face changes. It's, oh boy, that's really interesting that they've done it in shortcuts. Like, that makes sense, actually. I never would have thought to put it there. But that's, oh, man, that is great. I, I am going to, to use that for sure. <laughs> and also, there is now shortcut support on the Apple Watch. Oh, right. Yeah, because they used to have a complication for shortcuts back when it was workflow. They used to have an app, too. So now you can run them from an app or you can set them as complications. Nice. And one of the great things about the new WatchOS 7 is there are a 
bunch of different tweaks to the watch faces where you can now have multiple complications from the same application yes on a watch face i think is the biggest the biggest deal and like a frustration i have run into numerous times the two apps in particular for me were always carrot weather sometimes i wanted two different complications from carrot weather mm-hmm. and of course watchsmith by our friend underscore david smith was another one of these like a lot of great little complications and the ability to use multiple complications from that on one watch face is really nice that is a very welcome improvement in watch os 7 so the apple watch stuff they are included in the automations part of shortcuts it's kind of amazing that you can now set it up that you can like turn on theater mode and silent mode at certain times oh, or you can sweet. change to, to different watch faces that you want at certain times so you would be able to i guess like when you start a workout maybe you could set your workout watch face mm-hmm. or something mm. like this is really cool that they've done a lot of this stuff it really is very surprising because we've seen a lot of improvements to shortcuts over the time that apple has has had it under its stewardship mm. but they've been a lot of stuff where it's like a thing you think you've got a thing but you don't actually have that thing yes yes and it feels like this year they've given us a lot of the things that we thought we had that is a really good way to put it yeah because yeah cause like last year i felt like oh you didn't really give me what i thought you were giving me the watch faces and shortcuts is interesting because that also feels like another way that shortcuts is becoming the core tool for power users for the whole system mm-hmm. instead of having something in the watch app which says oh at this time change the watch face to this other thing mm-hmm. which i would have been thrilled just to get that but the option to be able to change the faces through other kinds of arbitrary shortcuts uh, and automations is is way more powerful and so it's, it's it's really nice to see that in the in the shortcuts app and and yeah, as, that is really interesting. Like this is this is the most interesting stuff that I would have wanted in the in the keynote. Like I would have been way more pumped if this section was in the keynote. It's only for people like us, though, right? <laughs> no, Mike. Look, look. Here's what the WWDC keynote should have. Mm-hmm. Part one, maps. Part two, automation. Part three, new Apple Watch faces. The end, right? No one right. else wants anything. That's that's all anybody's looking for. <laughs> Talking more about the Apple Watch, uh, mm-hmm. they've added some sleep tracking stuff into the Apple Watch, which is mm. cool. And they have like kind of wind down and wake up type features, like reminding you to charge. Mm. I've seen people saying that like it's very basic sleep tracking, which is kind of what you would expect Apple to do. And then if you want more, use an application that's doing a lot more tracking. Yeah, it's nice to have. Yeah, it's it's nice to have, and the one little part of that that I I also really liked was the option to have the silent wake up alarm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think like that's that's really nice. Uh, that that's always been a a thing that like I can get that to work with some other apps, but it's really nice that that's just to like just wake the one person up. You don't need to wake up everyone if there's multiple people. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm glad that they have the silent alarm for waking up as well. I'm curious because my bet is that introducing sleep tracking is also an indicator that the next version of the watch is going to have another like quantum leap with the battery. Like that's, that's my guess anyway. Well, like, we'll oh, see. 
they're doing this. I would hope so. Because they are going to have a bigger battery for next time around. I have to say, like, there's a bunch of other stuff in the keynote this year. Yeah, there's a lot. And there's a lot, I think, that we're going to get to later in the year. Yeah, um, yeah. As, as different things start coming out. The new Mac OS looks interesting. Yep. There's another another uh, big architecture transition on the horizon, which, yep. will, which, will, uh, which will be interesting. I think I'll be trying to hold out any computer purchases un- until after then. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember that happening last time as well of like, when I heard it was coming, like, no more Macs for me <laughs> until after this transition. I had been weighing up if I wanted to replace my MacBook Pro. I am not doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will wait now because it's yeah. very possible that some wild ARM-based laptop is on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's extremely likely. So, yeah. yeah. There's much more stuff in here, and I think we'll talk about some of those things as, as they come up. But I do have to say, for me, as someone who forgot the WWDC was <laughs> happening this week. I can say that I have greatly benefited from all of the work that you have done this week yeah. to check up on all the details and be the person who is knowledgeable and knows everything because you've pulled out a ton of stuff from the additional information that I had no idea and is way way exciting to me. So, thank you for all of the work that you have done this remote WWDC 20. Okay, I have an an app that I've been using that I think you will find interesting. And that's what I want to talk to you about in our first Mortex bonus content. Okay. So if people want to hear that, go to getmortex.com, sign up. We'll really appreciate it if you do. And you'll get to hear about an app that I've been using. See you in Mortex. Getmortex.com. <laughs> <laughs>